You're listening to a podcast from Victory. God causes people to be salt and light by making a positive impact in our communities. Learn more about this truth in week two of our series, Redefined. During the time of Jesus, many have changed also over time from the Old Testament time, from the time of Moses, the prophets, and then uh, after Malachi, there's a 400 years of silence, and then John the Baptist came. Uh, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, John the Gospel. Now, during the time of Jesus, when Jesus started doing ministry, many things have changed and evolved through the years. The teachings, the practice, the beliefs, not just the words. And so Jesus came and had to redefine uh, many of these things because it resulted to wrong living. And in the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to see uh, some of the things that Jesus taught to his followers that really transformed the way they think and transformed the way they live. And that's what we're hoping to happen, you know, as we go through the Sermon on the Mount, that somehow, you know, God will renew our minds, and the Bible says that's how God transforms us. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not make this world your standard or your pattern. Just because it's popular in the world, just because a lot of people are practicing that, doesn't mean we have to follow. The Bible says do not pattern your life into the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And the more our, minds is re- our mind is renewed through the Word, then we become more Christ-like and the more we test and approve God's will, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And sometimes, you know, we, sabi natin, siguro yung mga pinapromise ni Lord, the life to the full, maybe that will work in a, in a perfect environment, but not, maybe not in our time and in the culture that we're in. But many times, the reason we don't see it work is because we're using a different pattern. And so the Bible says, throw away that pattern and, and get the pattern, which is the Word of God, and you will see the Word works in your life. You're going to see what, uh, in reality <clears throat> and in your life what God is saying in His Word. So turn with me in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 16. Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16. And we're going to read uh, another Sermon on the Mount, okay? After the Beatitudes. Uh, Chapter 5, beginning in verse 13, it says, You are the salt of the earth. Okay, can you please turn to the person seated next to you and tell that person, Maalat ka. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost this taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Again, can you turn to the person sitting next to you? Tell that person it's time to shine. Okay, this is your time to shine. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Can you join me in a word of prayer? Lord, we pray that your word will transform the way we think. And I pray it will transform the way we live. Lord, let your word be like a hammer today that will shatter, Lord God, and break into pieces uh, wrong mindsets that we have that's preventing us to see you 
and live right. I pray that your word will be like a fire today that will set us ablaze, Lord, that will set our hearts on fire for you. Let your word also be like a double-edged sword that will penetrate through our insecurities, our pride, Lord, our heart, soul, and spirit, so that the word can do its work. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, here's the context of, uh, again, of this uh, sermon on the mountain. God was talking to his disciples. There are other people also there, but he's primarily talking to those people who are uh, already following him, who've started this journey with God. So he's talking to Christians. But of course, just like any of the uh, other teachings of Christ, uh, even non-Christians can benefit from it. So he's, he's talking to the Christians and primarily to his 12 disciples. Now, if you uh, study the life of this man, there's a book I was reading right now, uh, looking at the different personalities and backgrounds of these 12 men. And you would appreciate all the more uh, what God did in calling out these people. These, most of them, 10 of them at least, were teenagers, young people below 20 years old when God called them. They are not seasoned leaders. They are young people in an age and culture that honored age. Pag bata ka, you have no say. Walang wait yung mga words mo. Okay? Pag matanda ka, everybody listens. But if you are a young person, you have no opinion. Unlike today, we are so used to hearing from young people. Just like now. Thank God. Praise God. Mas mabait na yung mga tao ngayon. Ano? But, um, now, during their time, in, in, their, in their mind, the places of power and influence, like military, government, economics, it's really in the hands of the Romans. And when it comes to religion, when it, when, when it comes to matter of spirituality, really the authority and power belongs to the scribes, to the priests, people who are uh, professional ministers. So, now, in the natural, if you are trying to win the world, it seemed like the best strategy, if you want to change the world, is to start with people who are already in position of power and authority. And some people are thinking that way until today. You know, if we only have lots of mayors, if we only have lots of senators, if we only have lots of billionaires in church, more uh, famous uh, celebrities in church, then we can advance the kingdom of God more, more strongly, forcefully. If we only have all these people in power and authority, then we can really change the world. But that's not the strategy of Jesus. Jesus did not start with people who are already in places of power. He actually started with young people who are provincial, whom the Bible says are uneducated, no authority, no influence, no money, no power. And then he talked to them and said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are going to change the world. You know, I remembered when I was in college, mga almost 20 years na, no? nung nag-start pa po kami sa Victory, maliit pa yung churches natin. That's one of the primary message we have in the campus. We always say that we have t-shirts, banners that says, change the campus, change the world. And we're so naive. Uh, you know, we're so young and uh, don't know a lot. So, marami kaming faith, no? I realize, minsan, mas okay pa yung wala ka masyadong alam, no? Para kang bata, childlike faith. You're free to believe. 
anything. And so, nung nandun kami, sabi namin, yeah, we can change the world! Tapos every Monday, uh, mapenging baon. Parang, we only have, I was just receiving 150 pesos a week. 1,200 a month. And in the campus, we're radical. We can change the world. We'll go to the nations. Alam mo ba, anak, kung magkano ang airfare? Alam mo ba, kung magkano ang hotel? But we don't know that. We just know that the Bible says, go and make disciples of all nations. We just know that God promised if we make disciples, He will be with us to the ends of the earth. And so we kept going. We, we kept going to the campuses. We kept preaching the gospel. We kept saying that slogan until year after year, we see the kingdom of God advancing. One campus after another, one city after another. Now we are in many nations of the world. Now we have big churches. Used to be a church of students. Now we have politicians in the church. Now we have business people in the church. Now we have families in the church. All kinds of people. And, and that's what Jesus did during their time. He started with this people. That's why if you're here today and you're thinking, ah, okay, uh, I, uh, maybe God can use me to change the world maybe after I graduate. No, if you're a young person, don't let your age and your status stop you from changing the world today. Uh, maybe pag married na ako. Siguro pag, mas, pag may malaki, mataas na akong trabaho. Siguro pag nakapag-abroad na ako. Siguro pag milyonaryo na ako. Then I can be a significant force. Then I can make a difference. Jesus said, no, not tomorrow, today. He said, you are, not you could, not you should, or not you will be. No, He said, as young as you are, provincial, uneducated, without money, without influence, you are. With all your struggles, with all your weaknesses, maybe you're just starting in your walk with God, you still see flaws and issues in your life. Jesus said, not when all the issues are gone, now. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. So let's talk about salt of the earth. And when I was reading this, first time I saw it, uh, just like many of the teachings of Jesus, it didn't make sense at the beginning. And not really that exciting. Ilan sa dito, natuwa na kayo na may nagsabi sa'yo, alam mo, para kang asin. Diba? We, we like being compared to famous people, but parang, uy, makakang asin. Diba? Hindi ka masyado matutuwa. Especially now, it's so common. It's, we're so familiar with it. And uh, maybe salt is not that significant. Most of the time, it's just for flavoring or enhancing the taste of our food. But during their time, it has a lot more significance. It's more than flavoring. Because during their time, there's no electricity, there's no air conditioning, there's no ice blocks. And the primary way uh, that they do to preserve their meat, their fish, their food from rotting and stinking, the primary way is to put salt. The primary use of salt is to preserve their food. So that it will not deteriorate. It will not decay. It will be preserved. So when God said, you are the salt of the earth, what that means is, in your family, if you're the only Christian, in your campus, in your company, in your community, in this nation, as a church, the Bible says, we are the salt. We are here to prevent the community from decaying. We are here to prevent the family from deteriorating and losing the biblical values and conviction. Okay? He did not say, you are the sugar of this world. Let's say dito, feeling nyo mas magandang pakinggan yun. Sugar. Sweetie. I call my wife sweetie. 
Sabi niya, bakit? It's prophetic. No, no. The power of the word. Uh, but, not sugar. Now, sugar looks like salt. The only problem is, sugar doesn't help in preventing something from being, from spoiling. It, it actually contributes. Kaya pag mas matamis, mas madaling masira yung food. Tama ba? You know, I don't cook. I just hear that sometimes. Mas matamis, mas madaling masira. It's not preventing, it's contributing to the decay. And unfortunately, sometimes that's how some unbelievers are seeing Christians. Christian ka pala, hindi halata. Parang sorry, hindi ko na, 10 years na tayo magkasama. Kala ko we're the same. Because there's not much difference. So the Bible says, you are not the sugar of this world, you are the salt of the earth. So where you are, where God placed you, that place is supposed to be becoming better. The faith of the people are being enhanced because there's salt there. So you are the salt of the earth. Now, Jesus said, uh, if salt loses its saltiness, now, uh, now, of course, we know that technically salt doesn't lose its saltiness, but I think they are just saying or ex- or explaining what they are observing. Okay? It's not a scientific uh, statement, but what they're saying during their time because uh, when they know salt is salty, but when it's diluted, when it's contaminated, they know when it lost its saltiness. And how do we lose our saltiness? Okay? Uh, Lord, gawin mo maalat. Sa family ko. How many of you here, you're praying for your family to be saved? Okay, you're the only Christian or maybe there's a family member who's not yet saved. Or maybe in your campus. How, how, what will happen? How do you lose your saltiness? And I think he, he mentioned about that. Lose your saltiness when you're diluted, diluted. When you compromise. When not standing for our conviction, when, when we don't carry the cross and pay the price of being a Christian, when we value popularity more than the mission that God has given to us, when we value convenience more than compassion, when we compromise our stand because we're afraid of people's opinion rather than the opinion of, and, the, and the pleasure of God. And so when we compromise, we lose our saltiness. Now, not only compromise, but when we are desensitized. Okay? Uh, alam niyo word na desensitized, right? When you become exposed too long, that you're not as moved or affected anymore. Yung, if you stay long enough where you are, alam, napansin niyo ba yun? Bawat bahay may certain smell. Distinct smell. Yung pagpasok mo, alam mo, you're at home. Kahit nakapikit ka, ay, bahay ko to. But you know, sometimes when you stay long enough in one place, or you're with somebody for for sometimes you know nalulus mo na yung yung sensitivity you become familiar one time i was trying to check i, I, I can't remember anymore i think i was just killing time one when i was waiting for my wife at the mall tapos nasa may part ako ng perfume and so they're letting telling me to try all these perfumes amen di ko na alin dito yung and di mo na madiyan, no, no, ma, 
ma-distinction ma- kung alin ba yung inamoy mo na last and all. And I think, I remember one guy giving me something to smell so that I will recover. So, what, what I'm saying is when you're exposed to something for so long, it doesn't move you as much. You're desensitized. Everyone say desensitized. And sometimes that what ha- that's what happens. We're so accustomed to what we see that we're not affected anymore. We're so exposed to the world and not grounded in the Word that the culture starts to influence us more than us influencing culture. So, sanay na, sanay na ta. Ah, sanay na yan. Under the table, normal na yan. Meron na nga kaming special ano dito eh. Space for that. <laughs> ah, immorality. Sanay na yan. Hindi na tayo nagugulat na may se- lagi may third party involved for married people. That's nothing new. Ah, hindi kayo kasal. Live in lang kayo. Normal na yan. It's just normal, so we're not as moved. But you know, my prayer is that as God commissioned us to be the salt of the earth, that God will break our hearts for what God, what breaks the heart of God. That God will bring back our sensitivity. And that God will give us fresh eyes that when we look around, you know, we will be convicted for the things we ought to be convicted about. I remember one time when Jesus saw the crowd, the Bible says he felt compassion. Because he saw their real condition. They were harassed and helpless. And, and that's my, my prayer. That we will feel compassion. Every time we see the crowds, not intimidation, not irritation, but compassion. So we can be the salt of the earth. And last thing is light of the world. Light of the world. You know, I can't imagine living without electricity or light. Ilan sa inyo dito, hirap na hirap po kayo pag may blackout. Three hours pa lang feeling yun. Kunin mo na ako, Lord. Especially pag gabi, ano? Tapos walang aircon, tapos kulong yung bahay nyo, yung pawis na pawis ka, hindi ka makatulog. It, it seemed like eternity. It's hard to live. Yet, that's what many people, that's the world that many people are living in every day. I saw this uh, article from Washington Post and Bloomberg. Uh, they showed that uh, at least 1.3 billion people are living in the dark, meaning no access to electricity. That's 2015. 2017, uh, in, in India alone, there are 240 million uh, people there living in the dark, no access to electricity. In 2013, in the Philippine Star, in the Philippines, it says 13 million Filipinos have no access to electricity. Can you imagine the life they're living every day? It limits them. It's hard. It's hard to move. They, it, there's poverty in the place. It's not easy to live in the dark. But that's not only true in the physical, that's also true in the spiritual. And even here right now, where we are in Metro Manila, there's a lot of people who are living in the dark. There's a lot of people who are living in the dark. And the Bible says, you are the light of the world. You know, I, I saw this uh, two former students, a uh, picture of... Jed and TJ. Can we show the picture? I just met them uh, last Wednesday during one of our staff meetings. Uh, the guy on, on my left is TJ and the guy on my right is Jed. Jed is now the senior pastor of one of our churches in Riyadh and TJ is our missionary in Nepal. And he used to be, uh, TJ used to be our student in Mapua and Jed used to be our student in FEU. 
And they'd been on the field for six years now. But prior to that, they're just our students. And they're just faithfully doing one-to-one and victory group in their campus. But now God called them to go cross-cultural. And this is just a short reunion. Light of the world, dark places. But I like this quote from MJ Don uh, from the book, The Sense of the Call. It says, to be a missionary, you don't need to cross the sea. You only need to see the cross. You don't have to go to Africa, to India, to Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Where you are, you are the missionary. And you don't need to wait for the training. I don't need lots of theological uh, trainings and, and study. No, you just have to encounter the cross. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 to 6, In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You know, we used to be part of darkness. We're also blinded. That's why it's hard to see what's right from what is wrong. We're blinded. We don't know what's right about marriage, what, what's right about gender issues, what's right about more, uh, money, and all of these things. We used to be part of darkness, but the Bible says, but the light of God shone. He came and set us free, and He gave us His light. How many of you are grateful for the light of the gospel that set you free? Now we are in Christ. Now we can see clearly. But we are not to keep the light to ourselves. The Bible says, be the light to the world. We're not supposed to hide the light. We're supposed to share the light. Ang selfish, no? Pag brown out, pag black out, tapos tayo lang yung may, may flashlight, parang, oy mga anak, itago natin to. Isa lang yung door, oh, parang, pwede mo na ma-share sa ating lahat, oh, para makalabas tayo, pero mga anak, sa atin lang to. Secret lang. Pag may ibang tao, tahimik lang tayo. Ah, nasa dilim din kami. But that's the picture, when you're a Christian, you have the gospel, you have a relationship with Christ, but you're not sharing that light to others. Don't keep the light. Share the light. Um, last uh, two pictures I'd like to show you. This is, you know, what happened in Marawi. You know, you're all familiar. It's still ongoing. There's war. And, but you know, this is a testimony that God can use even terror, even evil to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. In every evil and bad things we see, there is something good happening at the background. God is working in our nation. Now, Marawi is one of the uh, pride of Muslim. It's the only Islamic city in Mindanao. I learned of that recently. And for many years, they are very resistant to the gospel, very close. But for the first time, because of the war, the people living there are forced to spread out and go out of Marawi. And for the first time, they became vulnerable to the gospel. And our church in Iligan organized an outreach team. They went there, offered relief operations, uh, gave uh, medical help and uh, all the toiletries and all. They blessed. And when they went there, they brought this uh, banner with them. We are Christians and we love Muslims. That itself was a powerful statement that because of their effort and the kindness they've, they've done, because the Bible says, let your light shine by your good works. 
One of the ways we can let the light shine is by blessing people, doing good things, being persistent, not giving up until a door is open for us to share the gospel. That's what they did. And through this effort, 13 Muslims gave their life to Jesus. One of them is an imam, an equivalent of a pastor leading a congregation. And one of the Datus, leader of the community who used to be resistant to the gospel because of the years and years of this volume punch of kindness. It made such a great impact to him that he's now a supporter of our efforts, opening doors for us. In fact, he's like what we're doing. There's so much impact to his life that he posted one time in his Facebook account. And this is public, okay? In his Facebook account. Can we show the Facebook of Datu? He said... I'm a Muslim and I love Jesus. Such a great impact. No matter how dark, no matter how complicated, the gospel will penetrate culture, cities, nations, and communities. Maybe you look at your family and you're saying, Lord, it's so dark. Maybe you're looking at your office and you're saying, Lord, it's complicated. Maybe you're looking at your community and you're saying, Lord, I don't know how the gospel can penetrate and take root, but be rest assured that the light of the gospel will penetrate even the darkest places. Amen? The Bible says, how will that happen? You are. You're the, cha- you're the vessel. You are the salt. You are the light. Last quote, and then we'll pray. From Charles Spurgeon, pastor who lived in the, I think, 1800s. And here's what he said, I believe that one reason why the church of God at this present moment, has so little influence over the world is because the world has so much influence over the church. Because what's popular in the world became the standard of the people in church. Rather than the Word of God as the standard of what we believe and how we live. The, 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 the world has defined us for so long. It's about time that we allow Jesus to redefine what it means to be a Christian and what it means to be salt and light of this world. Amen? Lord, thank you for your light. Thank you for the light of the gospel that set us free from darkness so we can see you, so we can be reconciled to you, and so we can experience life to the full. Lord, we're grateful for the light of the gospel. And Lord, God, you're commissioning us to be the light of the world, to bring that light to other people, to bring that light to the people around us. Lord, I pray, empower us. Lord, we repent for the times that we valued convenience more than compassion. Forgive us for the times that we value man's opinion more than your opinion. Today, we're making a commitment, Lord God, that we will stand on our conviction. We will be the salt of the earth and we will be the light of the world. Use us, Lord. God, thank you that even though there's still issues, there's still flaws, there's still things in our own life that needs the light of the gospel, Lord, I thank you, you can use us now. Not tomorrow, not next year, but now. So remove our insecurities, remove intimidation, remove fear, remove lies, remove shame, remove accusation. Give us faith to believe that you can use us just as we are. 
And Lord, I pray God, I decree in the name of Jesus that you will use every person in this room to bring more people out of darkness and into your marvelous light. Lord, I decree in the name of Jesus that every person here will serve as salt, not sugar, where they are. They will not contribute to the decay. They will prevent it. And because of them, their campus, their family, their workplace, their community will be a much better place. And the faith of the people will be enhanced because of them. God, we thank you that in all of this, Lord God, you will be glorified. And that's what we want. That's really what this is all about. So that you will get the glory you deserve. And so that people will receive the gift of salvation that you purchased for us on the cross. So Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your message. Thank you for renewing our mind. And thank you that it will change our lives. Thank you for listening to this message. For more messages like these from other Victory Centers, please visit victory.org.ph slash resources slash podcasts.